0: We had a Thanksgiving show. That seemed to go pretty well. And because our Thanksgiving was pretty lame, I made up th- for that with my wife a little bit by putting the lights up on Thanksgiving. Okay. Which is kind of a controversial thing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm very attuned to social norms. Right. Well, I'm not actually at all. That's one of the problems. my main problem. I, I was
1: going to say, where are you coming from with this? Yeah, okay. thank
0: you. <laughs> I just I have rules that I think all of society should just automatically I see. know okay. right one of those is you don't put your Christmas lights up before Thanksgiving right do I have to explain why
1: explain why I mean okay I'm, so I'm, I do have to explain why I okay. mean
0: why do you think you wouldn't put your
1: oh well, I don't put Christmas any Christmas lights up what are you a communist not yet but no <laughs> anti American <laughs> like ban- uh. I <coughs> no I just I I just I don't like dealing with Christmas stuff why? Because then you have to take it down. Because you're a communist. No, because you Ugh. have to take it down. Still think you're and, a communist. And nine times out of ten, it's just tacky. I'd like to see your minimalist take on Christmas.
0: Well, if you were paying attention, you would have seen it. Well, obviously, you don't want to compete with Thanksgiving. Let Thanksgiving be Thanksgiving. Then after Thanksgiving, you can put up your Christmas stuff. Plus, that's just too long to leave it up. That's over. It would be over a month at that I point. know,
1: right? To look at that tack.
0: And, and just so our listeners know, the correct timing for Christmas decorations is... At the very earliest, the day after Thanksgiving, and you can leave them up until New Year's if you want. So January 2nd, though, everything got to come down.
1: Yeah, it's got to come down.
0: Or you will be fined. There will be social consequences.
1: Yes. I've had this, not even a love-hate relationship, it's just a a pretty loathsome relationship with Christmas (laughs) decorations. So a hate relationship. Yeah, a hate relationship. And we have new neighbors next door, and they're delightful, nice, quiet, and I walked out and was like a week before Thanksgiving. So they breached every norm already. And they have like blow up things oh, yeah. all over the yard and a big snowman on the roof. Like a big snowman with the leering. He's not even cute. It's like leering. Like it's <laughs> looking down. It's like this creepy looking snowman. I was just like astonished. And so I literally had to drive by it the other day. And one of my neighbors was like, What's up? I don't I think Christmas threw up in their yard. Oh. I mean, it really did. It was just like a Christmas just vomited all over. And periodically, like, I'll go out there at night. Like, last night, all the blow-up toys were lit. And then this morning, they were all, like, Deflated? flat.
0: Well, usually, that that's what you do. You turn them off during the day. Or at least, I guess, between 1 a.m. and 8 a.m. or something. Yeah, and I, somehow I,
1: the snowman got removed for a day. Now it's back.
0: Oh, it probably had a, a malfunction.
1: I don't know, but... God, it'd be so fun to go out and pop them. Oh,
0: my goodness. I know.
1: I would never do that.
0: But you have to cut the head off, though, because, you know, they're con- continually inflating.
1: I don't know what the hell they're doing. They well, look like they're are. alive. They but that snowman <laughs> is scary. And I just was like, oh, my God. And so, no, I don't decorate the house. I haven't done that in 20 years. But why? I don't like taking that stuff out. I don't like looking at it. And I don't want to take it down.
0: Catherine, to be a good, free American, you have to support Christmas. <laughs>
1: Well, I buy shit. I mean, I just. No, don't. no, no.
0: That, that's only half of it. The other half is showing your patriotism oh, through God. putting up snowman and Santa Claus and other horrible things.
1: Santa Claus. My mother ruined that for me.
0: What do you mean ruined?
1: I was like four or five years old. I used to get really, really bad respiratory things when we lived in Chicago. I was always a, I was a sick little squirrely kid. And she used to work at this toy store. It was like the Sears Toy Store. So Ooh. I'd get all kinds of toys. That's a whole nother story that was part of my childhood trauma
0: that would explain your rampant consumerism,
1: no, not really. It doesn't are you sure? It seems a second, like a good there's primer. a second part to that. <laughs> Let me finish the Santa part. So they had this Christmas party at the toy store, and she wanted to bring her kid, and I didn't want to go, and she's like, just you know, basically shut up and we'll go. you know she wanted to get a picture of me with Santa, which I still have. I was scared and I felt sick. And I'm like, I don't want to sit on some stranger's lap. I really didn't. And she said, don't worry. Santa isn't real anyway. Just take the picture. The look of horror. I should bring this picture. It's classic. I have this little hat on and my little jacket. And I'm like, literally like, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I always wondered if people like you really existed. Kids that actually really believed in Santa Claus and then got their hearts broke when they realized he wasn't well, real. Well, no,
1: because I kind of knew because I saw them putting presents under the tree. Then why would you be so heartbroken? Because I didn't want to sit in this guy's lap. and it's like, what is the point? I mean, even back then, I was like, well, if it's not real, then why are we pretending? It's
0: for your mother. And everyone pretends. I don't... No, that I ever believed in Santa Claus, but I I never, I never had pretended with my son that Santa Claus was real.
1: No. And my mom didn't really pretend either because she said to me, I think even prior to that, like your dad's Santa Claus or something. I just don't like Christmas decorations. But when I got all my toys, this was a child, this is probably like the biggest childhood trauma because they would get all these toys. Mom'd be like, you can open the present, but don't open them because we have to donate them. And they would just donate all my toys to the blind children. I don't understand. I don't either.
0: Wait, you saying they put them under the tree. Uh-huh. And, and would I would
1: eat. keep some of them. But there was this really cool phone set. And my dad's like, no, no, we're giving those to the blind girls. I'm like, okay. And so they donated a lot. They did a lot of stuff. I don't know why they thought it was fun to, like, torment me. But that's traumatic.
0: That is very weird.
1: <laughs> my parents are weird.
0: I would say that is not a good parenting technique. <laughs> It's fine to give away presents and share and, and give to the, the needy. Because <laughs> I, I had all
1: kinds of stuff. I guess it was fun. I encourage opening. that.
0: No, it's not fun.
1: No, it was. I mean, I got a Raggedy Ann doll. I still have no, her.
0: No, that's fine to, to get the stuff, but then to, to tantalize you.
1: I know. It's with, like, oh, oh well, you do, don't it's like It's just that. out
0: of your reach. Or did or, or was did they did you choose which one? It was, was more like pick and choose, yeah. Oh, well, that's a whole different story, Catherine.
1: I know. I wanted it to be more traumatic. So
0: you get like a dump truck load of toys. Right. This huge avalanche of toys, and then you get to choose which ones you keep. Right. That's a whole different I story.
1: I couldn't open it and test it out and choose it. I had to, because you couldn't open the packages and stuff. No, no, one no. Wants no. To I get toys. that. I
0: get that. But you get you, you unwrap the, the present, and then you, you get to put it in a pile of, I get to keep this, mm-hmm. or I get to keep it, give it away. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different story, okay. Catherine. So it's not traumatic? It, well, no, it's not. It, it, it's like the best childhood you could have. It's okay. like, getting three times the number of presents you normally would get except you get to choose you know a third of them to actually keep well i didn't have that option i used
1: to keep barbie dolls i still have some of them
0: this does not surprise me at all i'm just a little bit now a little more more worried about what your house looks like
1: (laughs) well yeah we haven't gotten to the headless chatty kathy
0: i'm not complaining about my upbringing though because we were well enough off, but my mother, what I wouldn't call her a Scrooge, but she was conservative about how many gifts we got. Uh-huh. But they were not cheap gifts. Mm-hmm. So I, even though I didn't get a lot of gifts, I never complained because... They were cool. Yeah. Like it was a great Playmobil set, or it was a great Lego set, or, you know, really good toys.
1: Did, did you so, keep any of that stuff?
0: Well, I kept all of my Legos that I could. Oh, good. And those are recycled into my son's Legos, and now they're, we still have my 40-year-old Legos and his... You know, 10 year old Legos. Cool. We have a mountain of Legos. And the, the amazing thing is, those 40 year old Legos are still perfectly good.
1: Right. Well, they're so hard plastic.
0: Well, it's not just the hardness of the plastic, but it's the quality of the manufacturer. Right. They tweak the compounds in the plastic to mm-hmm. make sure that they're really, st- it's a really stable plastic. And their precision on their molding is very high as well, mm-hmm. so that they get exactly the same brick, brick after brick after brick, mm-hmm. and they don't wear out. I mean, you can wear them out, but they don't fail on their own. I've never
1: seen a Lego that was worn out.
0: Legos still seem a little overpriced to me.
1: I don't deal with Legos.
0: Well, they're expensive, but they are really well made.
1: So and that's my Christmas story. Merry Christmas. And that's what my mother, Like, And I think the whole thing, like when we put up trees, and my mom was kind of a Scrooge, she'd say every time we take down the tree, Christmas comes but once a year. Thank God.
0: That's what she would say? Yes.
1: Oh, what a... <laughs> Well, it
0: makes sense. You were raised by communists. I get it now. What a horrible thing to say. Christmas is a wonderful time of year. I, again, as an agnostic, I don't care about any. It's just it's a nice time for people to get together. I get free stuff. Well, I don't get free stuff anymore, but I used to get great gifts. Right. Of course, now I, I need more gifts for my wife because I have the most banal thing I'll, ever. I'll, I'll hook you up. I would appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Does she wear jewelry at all? No. Okay, I didn't think so.
0: For a long time, I think the most jewelry she had was the uh, stuff I made her. And it wasn't like that I really made her the stuff, but Mm -hmm. in college I took a jewelry class. Mm -hmm. So I had a bunch of prototypes, experiments. Right, right, right. right. And so this is her box of jewelry were basically my discards. Well, not my discards, basically everything I made. (laughs) Because I wasn't going to wear it. And then one day it all got stolen, so she lost all her jewelry. And Aww. now she has the wedding ring, which I made, uh, and not much else.
1: I don't wear jewelry either. I make it, but I don't wear it.
0: Well, there you go. I have a ring I made.
1: Is that? Oh, you made that like that? Yes.
0: It's just titanium. Before it was cool. Of course, now everybody you has titanium. Oh, uh, You have no idea. <laughs> Nobody has any idea. And for, I do everything like 10 years before everyone else does, but no one pays any attention to me, so me they don't either. realize
1: it. So much for my Christmas rant, but, but I, I mean- I
0: hand-carved this out of a solid block of titanium. Did you? Well, by hand-carved, I mean I used a lathe to turn it. Okay. <laughs> Is that your Christmas? Christmas. That was my rant? Christmas. I don't rant. have a Christmas rant because, aside from just the guidelines of when to put your Christmas lights up, because I love Christmas. It's a great time of year.
1: It's okay. What is,
0: what is better than Christmas?
1: Just living every day and oh. I don't know. Trying to. I made ravioli this week.
0: That is a good time. To eat. That good was time a to be alive. That, that was is, better than Christmas. But you can make it for Christmas, and that makes Christmas better. I
1: did. I made like three kinds. It I mean, part so of the, part of
0: the reason Christmas is awesome is because of the lights. Lights are awesome. And respectful or remotely tasteful decorations are good. The inflatables, I don't really I, think.
1: I'm horrified. They're kind of weird.
0: I, I don't get why people do inflatables. And it's, it's not just
1: like they just do one. Like if you had like a reindeer, like a blow-up reindeer or like the stupid leering snowman. You know, but why all the characters? I mean, there's like a family of blow-ups. Oh, yeah. They must just multiply. I think they blow them up and they and blow they them just make blow-up babies. Other.
0: Well, they blow them and then they get more blow ups. <laughs> Yeah, the blow-ups are over the top. Don't do any blow-ups.
1: No, no blow-ups. I mean, um, how
0: far away from that is a sex toy? That seems like you're on a slippery slope there. Ew. Sorry.
1: Is that a segue or am I just going to be like, ew?
0: Segway. No, okay. there's no segue. Okay. <laughs> I have my rant now. Can I start my rant now?
1: You can start your rant. Mine was kind of lame.
0: One of the downsides to being a RISD alumnus. Oh, no. They like to reach out to me all the time mm-hmm. asking for money. Right. I guess that's just normal. But I don't have any money to give them, so. I know. I usually just throw the letters away, but this one kind of caught my attention because it pissed me off
1: a little bit. Okay. Here we go. Okay.
0: November 15th, Mm -hmm. 2021. Dear James and Jennifer. I don't know why they're addressing it to my wife. I mean, granted, she's the one with the money. I guess that makes sense. I don't know how they know (laughs) that she's the one with the money, but okay, fine. In the last 10 years, this is the letter I'm reading now verbatim. In the last 10 years, RISD has become one of the 75 most competitive institutions in the United States. A proof point. What the hell is a proof point? I don't know. It just sounds
1: like gobbledygook speak.
0: A proof point that you should be proud of. In fact, RISD's immersive education is in demand now more than ever before. Okay. For this year's incoming class, we saw a 15% increase in application and an acceptance rate of 16%, the lowest admit rate in the institution's history. So this is him bragging. This is the interim president. Well, that doesn't make sense, but go ahead. David I don't know mm-hmm. how stupid name is. Name ends with an X. It's like Prowl, but with an X at the end. Here, I'll let you see it.
1: Maybe it's Prowl. <laughs>
0: Whatever. Do you know why this triggered me so bad?
1: I can't imagine. Because they're bragging about something they shouldn't be bragging about?
0: They're bragging about the fact that they don't have enough capacity to teach all the people who want to learn about art and design. And it seems to me like this This is an educational institution. Your goal is to educate people. And the fewer people you educate, the worse you're doing. They are proudly presenting the fact that they don't have the capacity and they don't, apparently, uninterested in increasing their capacity because if they increase their capacity, that would decrease their branding.
1: Oh, it's an exclusive school.
0: Their exclusivity. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, why
0: are they bragging? Uh, they go on to say in their second paragraph, Students who receive inadequate financial aid must divert their attention from their studies to take part-time jobs and incur debt to finance their education. Now, that second part, incurring the debt, that's a stupid thing. I I really despise that. Of course, part of the reason that is is because RISDs, like everyone else's, prices have skyrocketed for the past 30 or 40 years. But the idea that taking a part-time job is somehow going to really impact your studies, I find a little offensive. I was lucky enough when I went to RISD, not to have to pay my own way. My parents Mm -hmm. paid my way. Mm -hmm. I still had two part-time jobs Mm -hmm. because I needed to pay for my own stuff. Right. And also because, I don't know, it just seemed like the thing to do. You know, you should always be employed, said the unemployed podcaster.
1: (laughs) I worked intermittently during college also.
0: Well, part of my, one of my jobs was actually at RISD. I was a We didn't really have terms back then or titles, Mm -hmm. but I worked at the model lab. So uh, the model shop, uh, Mm -hmm. which was where industrial design students came to make their products. We had had a machine shop. We had a wood shop and we had the the model shop. And obviously the machine shop is for metal and other things like that. And the (laughs) wood shop is for wood. And the model shop was kind of everything else like plastics Mm -hmm. and ceramics and stuff like that. So we had a little bit of everything. It was a great place to work. Mostly my job was helping other students mm-hmm. know how to you know, what machines to use and how to use them and how to use them properly and, and safely. Also, to make sure the students didn't ruin the equipment. Yeah. Because students are terrible, especially those architects. Oh, my God. If I saw an architectural student walk into, into the shop, I would drop everything else I'm doing. I would walk over there and I would hold their hand to make sure they didn't mess oh, anything. Wow. Either hurt themselves or mess anything up because the other students I had to deal with, they routinely were the worst. Wanting to do the, you know, They wanted to come in and bring... Like wet plaster, and use our bandsaws to cut into wet oh plaster, my God. which <laughs> I know most people don't understand. That's just a bad thing to do because you're gonna you're gonna gum up the machine, and you're also gonna rust it because they don't clean. They don't clean the stuff. up. They just they they do their thing and they leave it, which is you know not not good etiquette. Uh, I also worked at a bike shop.
1: Oh, your passion. Well, one of them. Mm-hmm.
0: I have many passions.
1: Can you guess what I did? Barista. No, I would not even had barista. No, I know. Back, or they did, but it wasn't like, no. The yeah. It well, they been. were at like funky little coffee shops. Were there? Yeah, there it were. wasn't just
0: McDonald's coffee. No, no, okay. no, no.
1: There were a couple.
0: Were uh, you a ghost hunter?
1: No, I wasn't a ghost hunter. I worked on like a merchandising team for a now defunct, like large department store. Ah. And they would come from like LA. They were based in LA and we would dress mannequins throughout the stores and do all the window displays. When they still had windows
0: I, I can see how your your youth has impacted your adulthood there oh my are, God. there are threads I'm starting to see come together yeah
1: and that was some of them I mean they'd come and they'd be like we're gonna do a green story and then what, is, what does that mean I don't know what it meant I can <laughs> still see the people I mean this really thin guy who always just was like casual but you know it was like not a like I just got up and threw on this t-shirt oh, yeah. it was like very Precise, casual. Very coiffed. Yeah, and then and yes, and then this the little gal who would come. She had this flaming red hair that was straight out of a bottle. They were just the cutest duo. And they would come and have these ideas. They, I remember the green story. And then we'd just go through and, like, merchandise everything with, like, green or shades of green or greenery or whatever. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. And, you know, and so then that was the green story. And then we'd go to all of the mall. like, when all the malls were still available here. And they actually did still have the window displays. Mm-hmm. Like, down at the Old Park Central, there was one, of, uh, like, Los Arcos Mall what turned into Scottsdale Fashion Square, Metro Center, which is now gone. You know, all the places, town has gone. I mean, they're all gone. Yeah, we'd go to these department stores and set up the windows. And then fast forwarding many, many years later when I worked for United Healthcare, again briefly, um, it was in the old J.C. Penney's building, and we had done some work there because they would do different stores. I worked for one of them. They would contract out. And my office was in the old display window you that I literally, yes, yeah, right across from where our link is now. And there was just a big window and that was the display window where I had like 10, 15 years prior set up mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my office with this great view of the Cinnabon shop.
0: Creepy, creepy. Yes. Mannequin, you and mannequins go back yes. a long way.
1: We go way back.
0: We're uh, We're kind of far into the show now. Do you think we should talk about some art? Oh, yeah. So what did you want to talk about?
1: I don't know. These robots. I, I guess this was an older story about this robot by the name of Ida, who was an, an a realistic robot invented by Aiden Miller. Well, let's Aida? put
0: a asterisk on that realistic looking.
1: I know she's not really realistic looking, is she? No, she's horrible. She's she looks like
0: a machine. She looks like a bad art student jo- uh, project.
1: And, I mean, we could make long or short work of this. Since we had a very nice poet on, DJ Larry, who was, you know, really doing his poetry. And then this gal, this robot, also writes deeply emotive, allegedly poetry.
0: You should put the allegedly beforehand so people know.
1: The allegedly.
0: Allegedly deeply.
1: Allegedly deeply emotive, emotive, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, do you want to read the poem? No, I want you to. I don't want to read a poem. But anyway, there's this robot who... With, via algorithms, creates works of art and poetry. Would
0: you stop saying the works of art? They create words, they string them together, and then it's your job to decide whether it's art or not. And I can tell you right now, it's not art.
1: It's not art. I think she's like a printer, but anyway.
0: A computer printer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So this poem Ada wrote, and I don't want to shit on Ada. Why not? Or anything. Well, because, you know, it's someone's work.
0: Is that not your... No, it's not anybody's work.
1: No, it's, I mean, someone who programmed her. I mean, they thought... I don't know. It created a buzz, and so let's just talk about it. So anyway, she, she wrote this poem via algorithmic process that was based on um, a response to Dante's poem. Allegedly. Allegedly. Here's her poem. Part of it. We looked up from our verses like blindfolded captives, set out to seek the light, but it never came. A needle and thread would be necessary for the completion of the picture. To view the poor creatures who were in misery, that of a hawk, eyes sewn shut.
0: You did that amazingly well. See, that's why I wanted you to have, uh, read it, because you actually read poetry well. I think you, I mean, no no shade on DJ, but I think you read poems better than he did. Oh, well, Not that he you. did bad. You generally, it's generally better to hear the, the author's voice. I enjoyed his reading of it. I, I think it's always best to hear the author actually it speak is. It po- poetry, but you do really well. Well, thank you. That's just, uh, anyway, you know how I knew this poem was bad? How? Because it looked like my work. (laughs) I was like, I I could write these lines. These are literally lines that I could have written. And and that is a tip off. Because I know I'm a bad poet. I know that. I'm not good with words. But the difference between my poems and these poems is mine actually makes sense. They're not just random sentences stitched together.
1: Well, I thought it might have made more sense had I done a deeper dive into Dante's work. No, I don't think so.
0: Because A, this needs to stand on its own. And B, this does not stand on its own. It's just obviously not stitched together with anybody with any real sense of mm-hmm. consciousness oh that's right
1: because it was a computer it was a computer and so uh, the the deep dive i did i went on some youtube sites and <laughs> i looked for her work that's not a deep dive well it's deep enough for this <laughs> deep enough for you it's deep enough for me now i mean yeah deep i'm talking toe in the water that's deep to me <laughs> i have a lot going on
0: we're a very deep podcast
1: yeah it's just we're, we're so into this um <laughs> Anyway, but I I looked at some of her work and I mean, my criticism, I guess, is that, you know, whose work is it? Because it seemed like the programmers work. Well,
0: it's a lot of, it's mostly curation, right? Mm -hmm. If you create an algorithm to stitch words together to create a sentence and and I I would be highly suspect (laughs) The article I read was very superficial because it was on CNN, not only that, but it was in CNN business. I don't know why this is on CNN business. (laughs) Okay. Okay, <laughs> CNN. No, really, you, you're going up in my in my estimation because of this. That was sarcasm, by the way.
1: I I, I heard okay. that. Well, sometimes,
0: you know, the listeners can't see my facial expression. Okay. Sometimes they can't see them. Sometimes they can because I'm broadcasting them mentally.
1: You are. Yes. And that's very powerful.
0: To paint this picture, let's step back and paint this picture a little bit. Go for are it. We talking, what was her name? Ida? Ida. Ida. I'm sure that stands for
1: something. D A.
0: So it sounds like Ida is... A garbage bag full of different things. Mm-hmm. And I say garbage bag for a fact. <laughs> she is a mannequin, a mm-hmm. motorized mannequin. Yes. A torso with a head.
1: And little robot arms.
0: And in the form of a woman for some reason. And I don't know why you can't figure out that that's really not a gender because she's a robot.
1: I don't, Why do they genderize these robots? They, I just want them to look like...
0: Okay, well, this one picture where you have the creator standing next to her, obviously it's just a sex robot for him. Ew. He's so creepy looking and that... He, this is a very difficult picture because it's a picture of Ida, so mm-hmm. this robot, but he quote a humanized robot, trying to make it as look as human as possible, which they do not do a good job of. Mm-mm. And the creator standing next to it, and they both look super creepy.
1: Ida looked twice to see who was the robot.
0: <laughs> anyway, where was I? <laughs> I don't oh, know. right. So you have the programmers, <laughs> and I'm guessing that the the guy involved in, mm-hmm. primarily in this project didn't do most of this programming. These these are other people have mm-hmm. created a lot of programming in, in and around creating. Mm-hmm autonomous response robots mm-hmm. part of that what goes in the garbage bag that makes ida is the programming mm-hmm. aspect where they you know you sit down at a, at a computer you run a program and you feed it in some variables and it spits out some mm-hmm. text like this my question is do they just feed the t- they take whatever the computer gives them and then publish that as quote ida's artwork or are they curating what comes out of the computer and then deciding what gets published because those are two very different things. I mean, if the, the work gets curated by a human, then who's doing, quote, the artwork?
1: And that's a great question. And that wasn't answered even in my yeah. alleged deep dive into the YouTube. Yeah,
0: this whole thing is very superficial. It seems like a, a marketing gimmick.
1: I think so. And I thought this would be great for like, like an art fair. Give the robot, like DJ, you know, give him three words. Not the DJ is a robot. He's phenomenal. But like, you know, give the robot some words and then have the robot write it out. No, and then I think
0: that would be terrible.
1: <laughs> well, it'd be like what it is.
0: And also, I'm a little offended if anybody is a robot here. It's not DJ. It's me.
1: Well, they said here in the article
0: that DJ is a robot.
1: No, they said one key the thing that they learned working with Ada oh. <laughs> is that the project hasn't taught them how human she is, but has shown us how robotic we are as yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's right, right. No, from the creepy guy. Yeah, your mom made a robot, not a person. Sorry.
1: I know. Boy, anyway. did that come
0: off as being a little catty?
1: Ah, uh, no all no, right. I, I just, you know, it just got back when I saw this article. I'm like, it goes back to like, what is art? What is an art? And I think that you're right. If it's in, all in the curation, they made a nice printer. It's part in curation. It's part
0: in programming. We don't really know the whole story behind this, but I, right. I think it's just, it's a gimmick. This whole thing is a gimmick.
1: Right. And it's just something that's out of my realm of, of possibility. So there's a little bit of appreciation. I
0: wonder if it really is, though. I mean, yeah, you have to learn a little bit of programming. But like I said, these these are blocks of, of, of uh, programs that you can get. Google has some things now that are freely, mm-hmm. freely accessible that go down this line. There are programming modules you can get and put together and then mm-hmm. create your own thing.
1: But I guess my question, James, like what, what really triggered me to some extent is that there's so many, I mean, there's a lot of humans in the world, and there's a lot of potential in the world that doesn't get exercised because of, you know, privilege, lack of privilege, opportunities, whatever. It's like, why are we so interested in creating artificial intelligence when we could just nurture the intelligence that's already on the planet?
0: Well, there are many ideas why we wanted to create artificial intelligence. Uh, there's a purely economic incentive to create. A worker that you don't have to pay, that doesn't have to sleep. Oh, God. Right? Okay. If you can have an AI lawyer, you don't have to pay, you know, you might have to pay $100,000 for the computer and the program to run the lawyer, the AI lawyer, but then that's a fraction of what an actual lawyer costs. Plus, it doesn't take you 25 years to create a lawyer. Hmm. Is that it? You, know, and you, you, can then run, you can run multiple lawyers and, well, that's the economic impetus for it. The other main problem from a more intelligence perspective, mm-hmm. humans aren't that smart. Individually, we can be kind of smart and thanks to science, thanks to the the methodology of science, Mm -hmm. we can bring the individual intelligence together in a more unified, Mm -hmm. beneficial way as opposed to the mob rule, which usually happens when you get humans together. So science is kind of like the anti-mob. It's the only way we have of of using humans, getting them together and building something good rather than tearing something down. Since we're rather limited intellectually speaking, Mm -hmm. if we could build an intelligence that was smarter than us, we could accomplish a lot more. I think that's one of the main goals of, of AI, even in pursuit of its own scientific goals of Mm -hmm. learning more and creating more, but also economically, you know, if you have a smarter lawyer, AI lawyer or doctor or whatnot, that improves upon what we can do.
1: Would you trust an AI lawyer?
0: Well, I don't trust lawyers to begin with, right? (laughs) even though I'm surrounded by them family wise, everyone, basically my family is a lawyer. Oh, really? They're either lawyers or doctors or accountants. So AI, well, it's also a movie. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's also a movie. <laughs> that was a creepy movie. That movie, yeah, it was brought and me it was, to my it knees. Was meant, it was meant to be creepy.
0: In the end, level. it was
1: just horrifying.
0: I don't think the ending was supposed to be horrifying. I was horrified. I understand why you would be horrified by that.
1: I was horrified.
0: A, a common argument when we talk about consciousness mm-hmm. is substrate. Is it substrate dependent? And what I mean by that can only something that's meaty, you know, mm-hmm. fleshy, mm-hmm. a human or or some animal. Is that the only thing that con- where consciousness can reside, or can it reside in a computer? Can we have a computer system that becomes self-aware and can have emotional mm-hmm. have an emotional life? I believe, and this is just a guess, really, that it is consciousness is not substrate dependent. I'm beginning can, to believe that we too. We can, you know, we I don't know, not we, but it can emerge in different places, or it can be programmed into mm-hmm. different places. It doesn't require a fleshy element necessarily. Mm-hmm. If you think emotions require a fleshy bit. Component mm-hmm. to it, then AI would be would have been pretty creepy because it was all about robots having emotions and deeply held emotions, emotions that basically drove their very existence.
1: Yeah, that just really got to me.
0: So you're very a very biased person. You don't think that robots can be people, Catherine?
1: I don't think that's they can very be people. It's dis-
0: very disappointing. Well, that's what it sounds like.
1: I thought that it would be the opposite. If I was moved by the little boy being alone with his teddy bear for eternity, but
0: the, if that's what well, not for eternity, he. Flipped out of existence after that. Basically, he did. Well, that was my understanding. Is that they recreated that? We're ruining the movie. They recreated that one. That one moment that. They and then could, when he fell asleep. Boom! It was over. They could and only, then
1: the little teddy bear was sitting there alone.
0: It wasn't a real teddy bear, and it was just a teddy bear. It Wasn't. Know, but a conscious the entity. The thing made me sad. Okay. Well, sad or creepy? Those are different emotions. Well,
1: there. It was sad and creepy. It it chilled me, and I just. You know, I don't understand.
0: I don't understand you people. <laughs> you humans, you meat bags, are so weird.
1: No, but I'm beginning to wonder if um, my phone like listens to me. <laughs> what? What's that? And has a mind of its own.
0: It doesn't. It has algorithms, but it doesn't have a mind of its. Own. It's not conscious.
1: Well, how did it know? Like when I, well, I watched Hellbound on flipping Netflix, and I didn't Google Hell. I didn't do anything with Hellbound, and then all of a sudden, in my phone, I had stuff about one of the actors, UIN. It just popped up. How did that happen when I didn't Google him? I didn't look at Hellbound?
0: Didn't you already tell me, A, that you were obsessed with this actor?
1: Oh, I think he's amazing, but I, I didn't even know he was in the film until I turned it on, and then I recognized him.
0: Okay, but let's back up. Another, the other thing is, are you assuming that Netflix isn't sharing your information, selling your information to Google?
1: Is that what happened, Chase?
0: I, I don't know what their arrangement is, but these big tech companies, they sell you products, but they also gather your data. And they sell, they collect your data, not just because they like collecting your data because they want to hold on to little nuggets of you, but so they can sell it. I don't know if Netflix is doing that, but this seems like a pretty obvious. Well,
1: my friend Susan had a similar experience with Netflix and she called me the other day and she's like, I'm, I'm freaking out because I didn't look at anything. And all of a sudden I'm getting all these ads and all I did was like, I watched this thing. Oh, it wasn't Netflix. Excuse me. She said she watched a thing about the Beatles. On um, Apple TV. Disney Plus or whatever it is, like that mm-hmm. Beatles series. Yeah, yeah that, I think
0: it's either an Apple or Disney. I don't remember which one now.
1: And, and and she's like, all of a sudden I'm getting all this stuff about Paul McCartney. and like. Of it, course,
0: you're, you're watching habits of deep interest to Google. I mean, that's one of the, because that's what you're interested in. And if they can sell you something based on that because they're an advertising company, they want to wow. sell you stuff. Of course, that's like, that's a goldmine for them. So I don't know. I, I'm not trying to pretend like I know what the arrangements between these companies are. Yeah, I have no these, idea these but it. me out, and I'm like, but Dude. it is well documented that a smart TV, mm-hmm. you know, you buy a smart TV. They a lot of those are are sold at a loss because, or sold for less than what it costs to make because they make their money off of the software that they put on the TVs that monitor what you're watching so that they can then monetize you and sell that back to Google and other advertisers.
1: Okay, which would make sense because you've got to put in like your
0: there's software on the TV that can monitor, it doesn't know necessarily, it can't interrupt your Netflix stream and peek at that, but it mm-hmm. can see the pixels that are being drawn on the screen and it can associate that with different shows, right? You, everything has a, th- has a fingerprint. So even if it doesn't know specifically what you're watching on Netflix, okay. if it's going through the TV, it, it, the TV sees the pixels and that can fingerprint it and figure out what show you're watching, when, for how long, and, and all, all the data. It's like Nielsen gone mad.
1: Yeah, because I started getting stuff about that actor, and I started getting stuff about Hellbound, and then other actors, and then all this other, and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even, I mean, I was flipping through Netflix, it was the day it was released on Netflix, you know, we're there, it's like friggin', like well, Thanksgiving-ish, and then I and I never, I didn't even have any awareness of that show until I watched it, and then bam, it's all over my phone.
0: That's another data point, though. If it's new and in the news, it's, it's more likely to show up in Google. There are wow. more people interested in it. It
1: freaked me out, and then I called, I'm like, you're right. <laughs> she, she's like, yes, now it's, I think it's reading my mind. Like I'm afraid to even think of Paul McCartney.
0: <laughs> Everything you do is being tracked and monitored. Now, oh you God. guys on the iPhones are a little bit better off than us on the Android because there's a lot less uh scrutiny of Android than there is of Apple. It takes a lot more effort to keep your personal data personal." Okay. But even they, they barely have any control over it.
1: Right, but I didn't do anything on that that was what freaked me out in terms of like I don't but know. But where was, did you watch it? At my house on, on Netflix.
0: Oh, what device? Oh, a TV. Oh, was it a smart TV? It's kind of smart. Oh, well that, do you have it plugged up to a Roku player? How are you getting the streaming?
1: Oh, it's plugged through the. Um, I have Dish. I still have the old-fashioned Dish Network, and then Dish like,
0: Network. So you're getting Netflix through a Dish. Uh, apparatus? Netflix. Yeah, I pay a separate oh. account for Netflix. Come on, you think Dish Network is is, is not selling your data?
1: I don't know what they're doing. Well, use uh,
0: everything you do is being monitored. Okay. And monetized. Wow, that's that's, that's the simple. Again, to go back to something we've talked about in the past, but people feel creeped out when they go to their mother's house, and their mother had been looking at couches online and being shopping for that, and then they start getting uh, they start right. getting ads for couches, and they think, oh my God, the phone's listening to me, and they know I was talking. No, the phone knows where you are. They know you're next to a user who's been searching for couches, so it assumes that you probably talked about couches, and then maybe you're interested in couches, or maybe you can have some influence on the person who is looking for couches. This is crazy. James. So. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Welcome to 21st century America.
1: And even if I turned my phone off, it wouldn't matter because if I opened it or, t- or turned it on, it would come up anyway.
0: Well, yeah, you can't do anything You can't the, do anything blind, to stop it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Unless you want to watch reel-to-reel. <laughs> We've gone on for quite a while. Do you want to sign off now or do you want to talk a little bit about Bob Dylan's artwork?
1: It's up to you. Well,
0: let's see how fast we can get through this. Yeah, do, I
1: it, think I can do it real fast.
0: I mean, I hate to say this, but this is kind of a negative show. We kind of, Dismembered the uh, the printer robot who's trying to do the poetry. Uh, the and I feel bad poetry. about that.
1: Sorry, Ada.
0: I think it's worth taking them down. I mean, they they're putting themselves out there. They're creating this thing, but this thing is is pointless. Oh, Bob Dylan has an art show coming up, uh, starting this week or next week yes. or sometime with yes. with Miami Art Week or with yes. that nonsense over there. And uh,
1: Miami. Uh, you know, I'm not
0: a huge fan of musicians trying to sell their artwork. Yeah, this is I the second willing, one. I am willing. I am second mm-hmm. one there. I'll do it. I am Not willing to. About. Oh yeah, I am willing to give them a fair shake and see what they've got. Mm-hmm. See it, and to his credit, he seems like he's in, he's an adequate painter. Mm-hmm. He can paint in different styles. He can paint realistically if he so chooses. I, I can't find any good pictures of his artwork online, so right. which which you know raises a little bit of a red flag. Is he really sharing his artwork, or is he just really trying to sell it? You know, if he was sharing his artwork, he would show he put it on the internet. He'd have a gallery where he could see high resolutions of his work and enjoy it online mm-hmm. because. You know, not everyone is in Miami, not everyone has fifteen bucks to, to pay him to go look at his show, which I found rather nauseating.
1: Right. That was the only part.
0: But his style he had a mix of styles, but his realistic style really felt to me like it was straight out of those nineteen fifties brochures. You, this is how you paint kind of thing that you see mm-hmm. at the art stores, at least when mm-hmm. I was growing up. And it was very heavily sty- well, not a heavily stylized, but it looked like nineteen fifties illustration. Which isn't bad necessarily, no, it's but not it's, bad. it's 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 stylized. So his whole gig here is that he watches movies, Mm -hmm. like the rest of us do, and then he'll take a scene from a movie and and make it into a painting. Mm -hmm. I am not a super fan of that. I think that's a little bit... And and again, I can't see the actual painting, so Mm -hmm. I don't know what they look like, but from what I've seen, it looks like just very derivative. I mean, it's almost like a ripoff, because he's not taking little... Innocuous scenes from movies. He's taking the dynamic, the key moments of a of a key scene. Like Mm -hmm. literally, if you went back and looked at the story, if you looked at the storyboard, Storyboard. I bet you these these come these shots are directly set up from the storyboard. These are important, you know, key moments in the story. And so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a director has made the choice of the actor, the pose, the lighting, the situation. The director has made all these decisions, and now Bob Dylan's just making a copy of that. Right. So is that derivative or is that a ripoff?
1: I think it's derivative.
0: It can be derivative, but what I've seen of his paintings, it looks like it's just a ripoff.
1: Oh, because the lighting was like someone else's vision and he just replicated it? Right.
0: I mean, I think you could infuse it with your own personality, but mm-hmm. this doesn't feel like that. This just feels like he's copying the scene. Hey, if you like the scene so much, just get a still from the, from the, <laughs> right. from the film and print it.
1: Right. So I,
0: I don't get the purpose of it. And then the idea that you have to pay 15 bucks to see it.
1: I think that bothered you more I, than anything. I, I'm sorry,
0: does Bob Dylan not have enough money yet? because he not can he not share his artwork? I
1: think that bothered you more than anything No,
0: it didn't bother me more than anything. It's no? just another one of those things like what, what's the purpose of this? what's going on here? Watch the film. Watch these the films film. are so great. these films are great. He's, he's got scenes from great films mm-hmm. just watch the film.
1: And this particular show was just about that. which
0: ironically would be cheaper
1: <laughs> So this particular exhibit when I you know looked at some of his other work. Like you mentioned, he had different styles, and I actually liked his like light impressionistic work mm-hmm. better. And there was a self portrait of him at, like aged, not the young Dylan that I thought that was. <laughs> was probably there the ever a young Dylan?
0: I know there was a young Dylan, but I can't think. I can't. Mm-hmm. I think the imprint of Bob Dylan is an old man. Really? I do. Not an old old man, but like sixty-five. And of course, he's much older than that now. But right, that seems like the real Bob Dylan is about sixty or sixty-five.
1: Interesting, I still see him younger than that
0: the point of this is that we're giving a thumbs down on Bob Dylan his artwork
1: I'm giving a a lateral thumb <laughs> Mushy is that middle. possible
0: well you can do whatever you want Catherine. I don't control you
1: a horizontal thumb but I'm giving it's, th- it's neither up nor down <laughs> because I think there is some talent there
0: yeah there's talent I'm not I'm not arguing that but what what purpose is there of and wh- why why are we seeing these paintings do you don't think there are better paintings in the world to show
1: well because he put it out there
0: I know but He's only getting this recognition, this space to show because of his
1: his notoriety, his celebrity, and his celebrity.
0: And is that what we really should be using to decide what is great art and what, what yeah, we share with the public? Yeah, I don't know that
1: anyone thought it was great. Well, I they, think that's they, interesting, but that that's lo- the whole
0: my whole point though is that they do think it's great because they're having a show of
1: it. Yeah, they're having a show.
0: I don't get to have a show. Not that I'm saying I make art. I'm just saying that you don't, you can't. I know much better artists than this that don't get shows like this.
1: Right, that's a second. Musician we've covered that exhibited the art. We've talked about Gene Simmons. Yeah, earlier it's pretty. It's pretty
0: common for that to happen, though.
1: Yeah, and so I don't know. It was an interesting concept. I was I was surprised. I, I didn't know was... that he painted.
0: Well, that's my whole point. I don't think it was an interesting concept. Oh, you don't think so? No, because the the artwork doesn't doesn't stand up.
1: It's interesting.
0: At a local gallery that you can just walk in and to see it, that would be one thing.
1: Yeah, the fifteen. Yeah, paying to get. Yeah, I hear. Also, you.
0: it's in Miami Art Week, so this is a pri- This is literally prime time. This is like. The Super Bowl, yes, of this horrible world.
1: And oh God, right. On that note, thank you, James. You're welcome. All right. Do you always have to have that last word? No.